This is the St. Longinus's Baptism Podcast Channel. This will be the St. Andrew's Daily Missal reading for the fourth Sunday after Pentecost. Now, this has a rather lengthy introduction, so um I think that this, this, this particular reading is going to take slightly longer than what people are used to. So the introduction says, The leading thought in today's liturgy is again that trust of God in the midst of struggles and trials. This thought springs from the reading of the life of St. Peter whose feast is close at hand. These being the two elements very different in themselves from what are drawn from various parts of the Mass. When Almighty God had rejected Saul because of his pride, he told Samuel to anoint the king, the youngest son of Jesse, still, young, still a young boy. Samuel anointed him in the midst of his family, while from that day the Spirit of God departed from Saul and descended onto David. Soon after, the Philistines, wishing to renew the war, again assembled uh, uh, their army on the slope of the mountain 
where Saul drew up his in a similar position in such a way that they were separated only by a valley with a mountain stream. Out of the Philistines' camp came a giant, Goliath, having a helmet of brass upon his head. He was clothed with a coat of mail, and his greaves of brass on his legs, and his buckler of brass covered his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and the head of his spear weighed 600 cycles of iron. And standing, he came out to, I'm sorry. And standing, he cried out to the band of Israel and said to them, Am I not a Philistine, and you the servants of Saul? Choose out a man of you and let him come down and fight hand to hand. If he be able to fight me and kill me, we will be servants of you. But if I prevail against him and kill him, you shall be our servants and shall serve us. And Saul and all the Israelites hearing these words of the Philistine. Philistines were dismayed and greatly afraid. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward morning and evening, renewing his challenge, which not one had the courage to accept. At this juncture, young David visited Saul's camp where his brothers were, and hearing Goliath and witnessing the terror of Israel cried out full of faith, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who has dared to curse the army of the living God? Let, any, let not any man, I'm sorry, let not any man's heart be dismayed in him. I, your servant, will go and fight against the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Then David, taking his staff and sling, crossed the bed of, crossed the bed of the stream, and choosing five, smooth, five smooth stones, went boldly forward to meet the Philistine Goliath. And seeing a mere lad coming toward him, exclaimed with great contempt, "Am I a dog that you come to me with a staff?" And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And David said to the Philistine, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And all the and sorry guys. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saves not with the sword and spear, for it is for it is his battle, and he will deliver you onto our hands. Then Goliath rushed on David, who hastily loading his sling with one of the stones he, brought, he had brought, swung it round so that the stone buried itself in the giant's forehead. And while he fell like a log, face downward on the earth, David leaped upon him and drawing the victim's sword from its sheath, 
gave him the death blow, cutting off the head and holding it up for the Philistines to see. The result being that the latter fled in confusion while the Israelites, raising a war cry, pursued them with great slaughter. The children of Israel, Saint says August, I'm sorry, the children of Israel, says Saint Augustine, have been for forty days face to face with the enemy. By those forty days, because of the four seasons and the four quarters of the world is represented, this presents life during which the Lord's people are never without necessity of fighting a Goliath and his army, that is, the devil and his angels. Nonetheless, a Goliath... Yes, nonetheless, a Goliath and his army, that is, the devil and his... Let me try this again. Nonetheless, they would never gain the victory if Christ, the true David, had not come down to the earth with his staff, i.e. the mystery of his cross. For David went forth against the giant so that in his person we can see prefigured what went forth against the giant so that in his person we see prefigured what came to pass later later on in the case of our Lord himself. For Christ, the true David, who came to fight the spiritual Goliath, that is, the devil, himself carried his cross. Observe, my dear brethren, the precise spot where Goliath was struck by David. It was on his forehead where Goliath was struck by David. It was on his forehead where he had not the sign of the cross. In the same way that the staff represents the cross, so the stone that struck Goliath was the figure of Christ, our Lord. The army of Israel is the church who endures humiliations afflicted upon her by her enemies. She groans while she waits for her deliverance. She asks the Lord, who is a refuge of poor I'm sorry, who is a refuge of the poor in tribulation and who is a refuge, I'm sorry, who is a refuge and deliverer to come to assist lest her enemies say, I have prevailed against her. What con, I'm sorry, with confidence she cries, Help us, O Lord, our Savior, and for the honor of your name, O Lord, deliver us. This is the Lord. I'm going to repeat the last part. I apologize. This is really long and lengthy and the the type is tiny. With confidence she cries, Help us, O Lord, our Savior, and the honor of your name, O Lord, deliver us. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the protector of my life. 
of whom shall I be afraid? If the armies and camps should stand together against me, my heart shall not fear. My enemy that troubles me have themselves been weakened and have fallen. It is under the guidance of providence that the church renders glad service to God in peace. This is also clear from the gospel chosen because of our near approach of the feast, which is kept on the 29th of June. In fact, a gospel book, this is in Latin, so if I mess it up, don't know what to tell you. Evangelium of Würzburg actually calls this Dominica Ante Natalum Epistolum. Sunday before the heavenly birthday of the apostle. It was from Peter's boat that our, Lord, that our Lord chose to preach. It was Simon Peter that he told to launch out into the deep. It was he who at the master's word of command laid down the nets, which had become so full that they broke. Finally, it was Peter who overcame with astonishment and feared adored his master and was chosen to him I'm sorry chosen by him as a fisher of men St Matthew sent St Matthew St Ambrose tells us described this boat as being tossed by the waves while St Luke described it as full of fish here we have a a picture of the church's vicissitudes in her early days and of her wonderful prosperity later on the vessel which carried the divine wisdom which is wafted by the wind of faith runs no danger what indeed can it fear when its pilot it has is him who is the very strength of the church peril is encountered where peril is encountered where faith is rare but here there is safety since love is perfect. We're still in the introduction. Commenting on a gospel which is very similar to this in which St. John records a miraculous draw of fish which took place after our Lord's resurrection. St. Gregory writes, what does the sea represent if not well, uh, the present age in which the changes and chances of this mortal life are like the waves which unceasing, unceasingly dash and break against each other? Of what is the firm ground of the shore a figure if not permanence of the eternal rest? Because the disciples were still surrounded by waves of this mortal life they toiled on the sea as our Redeemer who put off the corruptibility of the flesh after his resurrection. He stood on the shore. Again in St. Matthew, our Lord compares the kingdom of heaven to the net into the sea and gathering together all kinds of fish, which when it was filled, they drew out and sitting by the sh shore, they chose out the good fish, but the bad fish they cast out. The same way baptism was represented in the catacombs by a fisher drawing fish out of water. Here then is the function of the church who had, whose head is Peter. 
to fish for men, to free the soul. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. To free souls from the dangers they encountered in the world represented by the sea. Certainly a new method of fishing, fishing sends, says St. John uh, Chrysium, for the fishers drew their fish from the water to kill them. But we cast out nets in the water to those whom we take are made alive. And St. Gregory says in today's homily, The apostles' nets do not destroy those who they catch, but preserve them, bringing them from the bottom of the abyss to the light and raising them to the heights of which they were tossed about in the lowest depths. In St. Peter's bark, and when they say this, I think it's the, uh, his boat, tossed by angry waves and the storms of this world, let us put together our trust in Christ. Through his church, he will save us from the attacks of the strong man arm, who is the devil, and as by, uh, as by David, he is saved by the host of Israel when they defied the giant Goliath. That's the end of the introduction. The introit of the Mass is from Psalm 26, verses 1 and 2. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the protector of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? My enemy that troubles me, having themselves been weakened, have fallen. If armies and camps should stand together against me, my heart shall not fear. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. The collect is, grant we beseech you, O Lord, that the course of this world may be so peaceably ordered by you that your church may joyfully serve you in quiet devotion through our Lord. The epistle is from Romans, um, I'm sorry, St. Paul's uh, epistle to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 18 through 23. Brethren, I reckon that the sufferings of this time are not worthy to be compared with the glory to come that shall be revealed to us. For the expectation of the creature waits for the revel revelation of the sons of God. For the creature has been made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him that made it subject in hope because the creature also itself shall be delivered from the servitude of corruption into the liberty of glory of the children of God. For we know that every creature groans and travails in pain, even till now, and not only it, but ourselves, who are also have the first, the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption of the sons of God, the redemption of the body in Jesus Christ our Lord. 
the gradual is Psalm. It looks like Psalm 128, verses 9 through 10. Forgive us our sins, O Lord, lest the Gentiles should say at any time, Where is their God? Help us, O God, our Savior. For the honor of your name, O Lord, deliver us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, O God, who sits upon the throne. Judge justice. Be you be our refuge of the poor in tribulation. Hallelujah. The gospel is um, St. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Okay, now there's a little introductory note. Obeying the Lord's command, Peter cast his net into the sea and in reward for his humility, obtained a miraculous draw of fish and then saw himself entrusted with another boat and other nets. Then Peter and his companions left their boats and definitely followed our Lord to throw out nets of the gospel to catch men, receiving them. Oh, I'm sorry, rescuing them from the devil's power. At that time, when the multitude pressed upon Jesus to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gesenareth, and he saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets and were going up into one of the ships that was Simon's. He desired him to draw back a little from the land, and sitting, he taught the multitude out of the ship. Now when he had ceased to speak, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let your nets, and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said to him, Master, we have labored all the night, but having taken nothing but at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fish, and their net broke. And they beckoned their partners that were in the other ship that they should come help them. And when they came, and when they, I'm sorry, and they came and filled both, both of the ships so full that they were almost sinking. Which when Simon Peter saw, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was wholly astonished, and all that were with him at the draught of fishes which they have taken. So also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were Simon's partners. And Jesus said to Simon, Fear not. From henceforth you shall catch men. And having brought the ships to land, leaving them all things, they followed him. Enlighten my eyes. Oh, I'm sorry. The offertory is Psalm chapter 12, verses uh, 4 through 5. Enlighten my eyes, that I may never sleep in death, lest at any time my enemies say, I have prevailed against him. The secret is, we beseech you, O Lord, 
Be pleased to accept this our offerings, and in your mercy draw our rebellious wills into you, through our Lord. The communion is Psalm 17, verse 3. The Lord is my firmament and my refuge, my deliverer, my God is my helper. The post-communion is, may the mysteries which we have received, O Lord, purify our hearts and by their power may be defended through our Lord. So that is the Mass for the fourth Sunday in Pentecost. I hope and pray that you got something out of this. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.